want to begin this morning reading Job chapter 1. We're not actually going to discuss Job, but I want to use this as a platform this morning for our Bible class. Job 1, beginning at verse 13. It says, Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them when the uh, Sabins raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away, yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness, struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head. He fell to the ground and worshipped, and he said, Naked I came in, uh, came from my mother's womb. Naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, the Lord has also taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job did not sin, nor char charge God with a wrong. Uh, Job's life here was devastating, uh, devastated by physical loss. Uh, undoubtedly we see, uh, I think, just a glimpse of what Job was feeling, what Job went through, uh, what Job was experiencing, and we see how that changed his life uh, physically. Uh, and it got me thinking, I uh, once again, having a conversation with someone at the funeral home, you get in a lot of conversations with people at the funeral home, and you, you'd be surprised what, what people think about and talk about while they're sitting there during a visitation. Um, and this person brought up Job, and they were just, they just said to me, they said, you know, how Job, that changed his life. He said, have you ever thought about if something happened in our life that, that changed our life to where even, and then he got into talking about health things, of things you, you wasn't able to do anymore. Uh, you know, something happened and you're not able to do things like you used to think. And we all go through that, whether it's something that happens to us or it's just as we get older, we're not able to do the things that we used to do or something happens that prevents us from doing the things that, that maybe we've always done. And so we got to discussing that and it turned to a, a, a spiritual conversation. And as we were talking about that, you know, I thought, well, what if there's things spiritually that... I guess we take for granted like we do with our health or we do with our families or our job. We just take things for granted and we don't realize when that's gone how that's going to affect us. Um, and it got me thinking about spiritual things. Uh, you know, what if, would our life be different? How would our life be different if certain things that we wasn't able to do anymore? Like, for example, if we didn't have maybe access to a Bible or wasn't able to read and study our Bible anymore, would it affect our lives? Would it change our lives? I mean, really think about that. Think about if, if, if all of a sudden you were, you're not able to read your Bible anymore. You're not able to study. For any reason whatsoever, you can't go to the Bible to study anything. How would that affect you? 
You think so? You might if we read and studied to begin with, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bible says in Matthew 5 and 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Uh, they shall be filled. You know, we, we should hunger and thirst after God's Word. We should want to spend time in God's Word. We should want to study God's Word. 2 Peter 3, 18 tell us, tells us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So that, that's how we become mature Christians. That's how we become Christians to start with is be able to... I mean, just think about the consequences of that. If you wouldn't able to read, whether you don't have access to a Bible or whether you're just not able to do that anymore and you don't have a Bible to know what the truth is to obey. Or, or you do, you don't, know how, you don't have a Bible now to be able to know how to live faithfully for God. You know, I, I really think we take things like that for granted. You know, we take for granted that there's, uh, I think I've got uh, probably two and a small one I don't know if I have the small one in, anymore in my truck right now. Anybody got a Bible in their vehicle? Got access to one just anytime you need it? You always got a Bible in your vehicle. If you got a phone, that's right. If you got a phone, you always got one. Don't you? It, it's so easy just to, just to do it. You know, we've kind of got out of, because Scripture's on the board now, we've got it on our phone. Very seldom you ever see anybody pull out a Bible anymore. You know, the actual Bible, you know, because we, we think that's weird. We're just devastated when the PowerPoint quits working and we have to look at a songbook. We, we don't know how to do that anymore, hardly. You know, but what if you, what if you just didn't, wasn't able to? Um, you know, I think about it and it's amazing. I can't imagine all the ones that went to India so many years. I still have a lot of experiences that I think about just, one, just going once. But I, I can remember the first village we went to to hand out Bibles and didn't have enough for the whole village. I've never experienced like anything like that in my life to where people are just, I mean, they, they were chasing, actually running behind the car trying to get uh, a Bible. But there wasn't any left. We just had to actually get in the vehicle and leave. It was like, it become like a mob. Can you imagine not having access to a Bible? I mean, how that would change your life. Would, you know, and that's the whole point of this lesson. Would it change your life? As we go through these things, we need to ask ourselves, how would that affect me? What if this actually was true? Would this affect my life in any way? Would it change how I do anything? Would it change how uh, uh, I make my decisions or do things in my life? I thought about this when it comes to, you know, to the Bible part. I thought if I, if I wasn't a minister, if I, if I didn't get up and preach and teach at all, would that affect my study life? How much do I actually study because I want to study and I'm a Christian or how much do I study for a class or for a sermon? And there's a, there's a big difference in those things. Uh, there's a difference when I just, I'm studying just to be studying and trying to learn as it is studying to come up with a lesson and present that lesson or, or to preach. And I've thought, would my, life, would my study life be different if I, if I wasn't a minister? If I, if I didn't get up, and I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say it probably would. It, it, it'd be a lot different. Um, so if we didn't have access to that, we, you know, if we truly hungered and thirst after righteousness, then we'd want to study, we'd want to know, but what if you couldn't? You know, just like Job's life. Job's life physically was in a, in a moment there 
changed drastically. His life was totally different and it affected him, didn't it? Because of what he was going through. How would this affect us spiritually? How would this affect our lives if we were not able to uh, read and study our Bible anymore? Study show yourself approved. The workman need not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing what? Hearing the word of God. What if you didn't? What if you couldn't? You know, we don't, we don't think about the blessing that we have that's provided to us and the obligation and responsibility that we have to make sure others are provided with that. Because if we don't do that, who's going to? You know, I, I thought then, you know, I, I didn't think I was anything special when I was there helping hand out those Bibles, but I thought, well, what if we wouldn't hear? Who would be? Who, who would be here to hand this and who would give an account for that? You know, that's the watchman principle, isn't it, from Ezekiel? He says, you know, you look over and when you see the enemy coming, you blow the trumpet, and if they, you know, you blow the trumpet and they take heed to it, you, you've saved them. But if they don't take heed to it, at least you blow the trumpet, but the blood's not on your hands because they didn't heed to it. But if you see the enemy coming and you don't blow the trumpet, the enemy's still going to come, still going to devour them, but who's going to be held responsible? me if I had the ability to blow that trumpet and I didn't do it to warn those just because I didn't blow the trumpet wasn't any excuse the enemy still came the enemy still destroyed I just didn't do my part to warn and I think we, we don't think about that we're going to get into that just a little bit more but just really think about if if all of a sudden for whatever reason you couldn't either read or study or it was taken away from you would that make your life different? That sounds kind of simple. You think, ah, that's not going to happen. Well, I don't know. Could somebody come in and take over this country and all of a sudden it's illegal to have one? Could that happen? You know, what, what would we do then? You know, we talk about all the time, you know, you'd have to pry the, what out of our cold, dead hands. What is it? A gun. You have to pry, the, you know, I do that. I'm like, you're not going to come get my guns. You, you better watch if you pull up on, in my driveway and come up on my porch try to take my guns. But what about our Bibles? Would we fight as hard for that? You ever may say, you're not going to take this Bible out of my hands. There's no way you're getting this. Well, what if someone tried? Hmm? Yeah, it could happen. There was a time in history where they, they tried to keep the Scriptures from individuals. And you just had to take somebody's word for it. Judy? Yeah, I mean, uh, I can remember in, in ninth grade in high school taking Bible under Jimmy, in Jimmy Anderson's class. You know, you actually had one of the classes in high school was Bible. You know, I, I have to admit, then I didn't take it for the Bible necessarily. I took it, I thought it'd be an easy class. It wasn't quite as easy as I thought it would be. Uh, so I actually learned, I didn't intend on learning, but I actually learned some things in it. But you had a, you had a class... It, it was, I think it was, was it called Bible? Was it Bible? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember in, let's say, Fox. 
uh, Fox Elementary, uh, 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 John Richard Fox. He would read. He would read scripture before you went to lunch. You just sit in there, and he or he'd have you read scripture. And it used to impress me because he'd be sitting behind the desk, and you'd be sitting on a chair in front of him, front of class, and you had to read so much of it. And you get to a part where you didn't know exactly what it said, and you'd hear him from behind you just quote the scripture. And I thought, have you got a Bible back there? How you do? You know, how are you doing that? But we, we, I mean, it was available. It was, it was everywhere. It was part of what you did. And, and you do see now to where it, it started, it's not to be like that in little steps. And, and that's the way things happen. It doesn't happen all at one time. It just, in, in little steps, before you know it, you look around, well, where did that go? How, how did we get to this place? And, and it could be for a lot of reasons, but I guess what I, I, I'm trying to get across is, would that make our lives different? Would, would our, our, our life be different if we didn't have the Bible available or for some physical reason or whatever, I wasn't able to study or read it. Would that make a difference in my life? Definitely. It should. You know, even if, you know, and I think sometimes we, we, we have it so available that I think it, it's like some scriptures in, in the Bible. You, you hear them so much, they lose their meaning to you sometimes. You know, it just, like John 3, 16. Oh, you see it everywhere on signs. And then it's kind of lost its meaning to a lot of people because it, it is there. And I think that's what happens to Scripture in general. Sometimes it's just lost its meaning and purpose. It's just another bestseller on, on the list. And that's all it becomes sometimes. Um, but what if, just like Job, physically his life was changed because of something, uh, would our life spiritually change because of something? Um, how would our life be different, and this may sound strange, but if we could no longer sing in worship, would that make a difference? Would that make a difference to anybody? You know, we talked about singing not too long ago on different things, but what if, what if all of a sudden we couldn't, we couldn't do that? You know, I talked with somebody, well, uh, several people sometimes. You go visit them that's not able to come to service anymore, uh, for physical reasons, and they just, I mean, you see the tears come from their eyes because they're not able to come and, and worship in some form, and they say, I just, I just miss coming and singing, singing praises to God. You know, what if you couldn't do that anymore? Do we do that to begin with now? You know, would, would it really change our life? Oh, it wouldn't change my life none. I, I don't really sing worship anyway. But it's these, it, it, these things that and you say, well, that would never happen because God wants us to do that, so he would never make it where we can't. Well, I know several people physically can't sing. Does that mean they're not being faithful to God? But I know some people that, uh, it's like I told Drew last night, he, he was asking me, he said, uh, can you go do this for me? I think it was to get him a, a, a coat. And I said, well, is, is the question, can I or would I? Because that's a big difference, you know. And he said, well, can you? I said, yeah, I can. He said, would you? I said, no, I'm not. So see, there's a difference there, isn't there? There's a difference in can you do something or would you do something. I think I actually went and got it, though, didn't I? So see, I am a nice guy. I'll give you a hard time to start with. But so the same thing with singing. You know, what if you couldn't sing? Well, or would we to begin with? There's a difference in can I and will I. So what if I, can't, I couldn't do that anymore? What if we come here and, and just... Couldn't, or it was outlawed. Like, wow, you can't come together and sing anymore. Would that change our lives at all? Would it devastate us? Would we? 
I mean, would, I mean think about these things that I, I want us to really think during this lesson is there's things in our lives, especially when it comes to our spiritual life in which we do for God and we do to make our, our Christian life better, do we take them for granted? You know, you start thinking at a, a certain age, especially physically, of the things you take for granted because you're starting to see they're not quite like they used to be anymore. You know, there's things I do now, I'm like, I can remember I used to do this with no problem whatsoever. Now, it takes me a little while. If you ever go by our house and see working in the yard, you'll see a chair out there. That's because I have to work here a little bit and sit down. And work a little bit more and sit down and drag that chair with you. Because it's, it's a little harder than it used to be, isn't it, Mike? You, you, you sit in that chair a lot. You do, too. You sit in the chair a lot. <laughs> but, what, but go back to singing. What if you couldn't do that? If, if you walked in this morning and you couldn't sing for whatever reason... How would you feel about that? I mean, if you're honest with yourself, how would you feel about it? Would that affect you or not? Yeah? <laughs> get up and leave? Why? You don't think you could, uh, your worship would be the same? Or just didn't we? You don't think the worship would be the same? You just get up and leave? Yeah? It, it would be different. It'd be, I mean, it'd be like walking in here and seeing a piano. You'd about be the same effect, wouldn't it? You know, oh, I, wait a minute, we can't have that here. What if we come in and can't sing? On the opposite end, it'd be the same effect. So, And it's a shame that it's like that. It's a shame that, I know my wife was on a, 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 a went to an auction up north uh, for some antiques and went to a place uh, next day to worship that morning and went in and sat down and a lady comes sat by her. First, I think the first thing she asked you was, uh, do you have musical instruments where you worship? She said, no. She said, you're going to be disappointed here. Had to get up and leave. You know, you, you just don't know what, you, you don't realize the things that you take for granted that one, that where you go is going to be scriptural. But two, what if you go to a place, and like I say, all of a sudden, it's taken away from you. You know, what, what do you do? There's things that you take for, I can remember moving to South Carolina, and I'll be honest, I didn't even think necessarily, I mean, we were moving there. You know, that's where our life was going to be. And where we were going to go to church wasn't a big thought in my mind, because I just assumed it was like Jackson County, that... You know, when you get there, pick between 30. You know, just find you a good place. There wasn't 30 to pick from. You know, it, and the first place we went, uh, I wanted to leave that place. 
you know, and finally we found a place that had eight people that worshiped there that were faithful, you know, when we first moved there. And you don't realize what you take for granted until you don't have it anymore. And when you don't have it anymore, then you start realizing, okay, I just got very comfortable with this and didn't think about what a blessing it is to have it. When it comes to singing, you know, Ephesians 5, 19 says, Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Colossians 3, 16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Do you think there's a reason that we have singing in our worship? Do you think there's a reason? I mean, beyond that God tells us to, but why do you think He tells us to? How does that affect our worship? How does that affect our Christianity? How does that help us uh, grow, draw closer to God? How does singing do that? Yeah, you're, you're, you're working together, you're doing what God commands you. As Chris said, you, it, it's that opportunity to teach and admonish. And I think we forget that part about singing. I, I, I'm teaching, I'm admonishing. To me, that's the, uh, uh, one of the number one arguments against the, instru uh, the mechanical instrument, other than the heart, is because, you know, they say, well, it just adds to my worship. Well, if I'm strumming on a guitar or a piano, and I'm doing it, yeah, it may sound good, but what if I quit the vocal part of it? What am I teaching by just this. What am I teaching about God? What am I teaching about? I, I can't do that with the instrument. So God knew exactly what he was talking about when he says our heart, and it, it, it's this melody, it's this vocal activity. So we, we accomplish that purpose. But we don't think about it on those terms. We, we, I, I think again, and I'm just speaking generally, and I'm speaking especially for myself, we, we take for granted, or we don't think about the implications of how that affects my life unless it's not there. That teaching and admonishing, that to me shows a responsibility of one, I better know what I'm teaching, what I'm singing if I'm supposed to be teaching with these hymns and psalms, and I better understand what it is. You ever sung a song and don't have a clue what it's talking about? You ever done that? You ever done that, Jimmy? You know, I look at, uh, you know, Night with Evan Pinion. Who's that and why do I got to spend the night with him? I don't know. You know, I don't know what, I didn't know, what, I'll be honest, I didn't know what opinion meant. I had to look it up when I first started singing. I had to look a lot of things up. I don't know what this is. I spent a lot of time doing that this week with VBS. You know, especially when it comes to uh, some of the material that Jeff Miller wrote or Dave Miller. I spent more time looking in the dictionary and thinking, why didn't they just say it that way? Why did they have to use that 20-letter 20, 20 word to say it when they could have said this, you know? Uh, we don't think about that. We don't think about what we're, uh, what we're teaching when we're singing. We don't think about what the purpose is behind it. We don't think about how, uh, how it affects not only my life, but, but those that are around and how different it would be. Uh, and I think that's something we need to give consideration to. Yeah, it, it's not a spectator sport. 
You know, it's not something that you, that you do, you know, just look around and, you know, because that's what a lot of, you know, you see different places, and I've been different places, they have microphones in certain sections of the, uh, of the uh, and that's how they get around the choir, I guess, uh, different areas of the congregation, you know, because put good singers here. We want it to sound better. We want it to sound, you know. I mean, really, what is it supposed to sound like? I've often wondered that. You know, people say, well, it's supposed to sound better. Well, is it supposed to sound better to me or sound better to Mike or sound better to Chris? You know, who's it supposed to sound better to? And again, we forget about the purpose. It's, as Mike says, it's a time for us to participate, for us to do what God says for us to do. It's, it's, it's a way of worshiping. It's a way of praising Him. It's a way of teaching those that are around me. And we need to give it some consideration. And I think the number one consideration is, what if we didn't have it? What if it was gone? Would it affect our life in some way? Yeah. I like that. I, I believe that's, because it should be. Because uh, if it's not, we shouldn't be singing what, what's in there to begin with. You know. And what you're teaching. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely we should. Um, what about if we can no longer pray? Will that change your life? Philippians 4, 6 through 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. What if we couldn't do that? What if I couldn't take God my troubles? What if I couldn't take God my needs? What if I couldn't make my supplications prayer? It says be anxious for nothing. And here's why you shouldn't be anxious. Because here's what you should be able to do. But what if you can't do that? What if I'm going through something and I can't talk to God about it? I can't discuss it with Him. I can't make my supplications known to Him. I can't thank Him. I can't praise Him through prayer. I can't go to Him with my needs and my wants and my desires in my life. I can't do that anymore. You know, I believe one of the greatest spiritual blessings we have in Christ, I think prayer is a spiritual blessing that we have that we're able to do that. I think that's what separates us uh, a lot from the world is we have that avenue of prayer. Because remember, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 says it's Sin that separates us from God, it's not that He can't hear us and He can't reach us, it's that we've separated from Him. So what if now I'm separated because I can't, I can't talk to Him? Is it, would that change my life? Would, if, if I looked at my typical day, if I couldn't pray anymore, would my day be any different? Or would it be the same? Because I didn't pray with Him. It shouldn't be the same. You know, we've got to think, how many times do I actually talk to him during the day? Do, do I actually talk to him? Do I go to my knee, to go to him for our need? I used to think, and I still struggle some, you ever thought, I don't need to bother God with this? You ever thought, you ever, you ever thought that? It may be something little you may think, you may be something that you're thinking about, you're going through, and you just, in my mind sometimes I think, He's got so much going on. This is something that's just real small. I, I just take care of this. I just think about this. And I think, no, it ain't, it's not too small for God. He, he already knows what's going on anyway. He just wants me to discuss it with him. 
He wants me to realize my dependence upon Him. He already knows what we want before we could ask or think it. And, and the greatest thing about prayer to me is when you can't put it into words what you're going through, God still knows, doesn't He? He still knows what you're facing. You may not be able to tell your spouse because you can't get the words out. You don't know how to describe it yourself. You may not be able to tell your best friend. You may not be able to tell your therapist or whoever. You know, they say, go to the therapist, tell them, you know, you got this. What if you can't get it into words? Who does know God? When you, 2 o'clock in the morning and you're, and, and you're just, uh, you're needing to, to express that, you're needing to get that out, God's always there. For his children, he, he's there. You can talk to him even if you can't talk to anybody else. But what if all of a sudden you couldn't? So now we've got, can't read the Bible, can't sing, now I can't pray. Is my life any different yet? When I wake up in the morning, is my life any different than it was the morning before now that I don't have these things in my life? I mean, think about it. In 2019, did you make any plans? Did those plans get changed about March of 2020? And still life is still a little different now. I mean, there's things that went on that I thought would never have went on. There's things I never thought I'd drive through Cookville and not see hardly anybody on the road, you know. I, I never thought I'd do that. I never thought I'd go to LTAP and they'd be closed. Luckily, they finally got 10 out in the parking lot. I didn't know if I was going to make it or not. You know, I never would have thought that. But it is things you take for granted. I mean, it, it, you, you, expect, you, you, know, you expect certain things to be there. You, you, you expect certain things uh, to happen like they always have happened. But what now, what if they didn't? What, what if something changed it? And there's a lot of people experience that in their life in a lot of different ways. You never thought you'd have to face this, but now you do. And physically, there's a lot that we have to do like that. But now, spiritually, what if now we don't have that avenue of prayer? Do you start to think now, you know, maybe God really knew what he was doing. Maybe God really knew what we needed, not only for us to get through this life, for us to serve him like we need to and he wants us to. Maybe he did know something. Maybe he's a little, a little smarter at this than maybe we thought he was. We don't realize how important uh, prayer can be and how encouraging it can be to us. What if we couldn't assemble together for worship anymore? Would that affect our lives? Hebrews 10, again, verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some, but exhorting one another and some, and so much more as you see the day approaching. What if all of a sudden now you can't worship? Would that change our lives? Would it make anybody's week any different? Not if they didn't worship to begin with. You know, uh, we don't think about things like, you know, I think about when I, you know, when I thought about, especially when the pandemic hit, I, that's one time, and I'm not saying I don't ever pray for them, but that's one time I really kept elderships of congregations at the forefront of, of my mind and my prayers. 
Can you imagine navigating through that? You're navigating what's happening in the world, but navigating what God commands us to do. And, and there's times that those things don't, you know, those don't line up. How do you navigate through that? You know, do you ever think you'd wake up when you know, you'd hear the government say, if you, you can't have more than this many people, irregardless. That includes worship. You know, what if you ever, we never thought we'd wake up to something like that. There's people wake up to that every day. They're not able to do that. You think in the first century how they had to hide, how they had to, you know, just meet in homes, meet in secret, but they still found ways to worship because it was important to them. They realized that they were commanded to do it and they were going to do everything possible, make every sacrifice possible to do it. So what if it was taken away from us now? What kind of sacrifice would we make? What, what, what kind of difference would it make in our lives if we weren't able to do that? Again, I've seen that firsthand again in India. You know, now able to, to be able to do things, to realize, you know, I've, I've never faced anything in my life and, you know, to be able to say, okay, if I obey God, I'm probably going to, at the very least, get the snot beat out of me and at the very most going to lose my life. One of those things are fixing to happen when I do this. Would I still do it? Would, it, would, would I still make that kind of sacrifice to, to worship my God? I hope that I would. I pray that I would. But then if I know that I would, what if that was taken away from me? Would that make a difference? Would my life change? Unfortunately, it wouldn't change for some people. Wouldn't that big a deal to me anyway? You know, it, it, it wouldn't that... Uh, uh, you know, that's the big debate. Uh, be careful how I navigate through this, but that's the big debate that I hear around sometimes with live stream. Is, well, that's going to keep people from coming uh, to worship together. I don't think I agree with that. I think it will keep the ones who needed excuse anyway not to. But I think it will help the ones who's physically not able to for reasons to help them feel a part of it. You know, we, we think about how things are going to... And, and I think that's how we make a lot of determination. Well, it's going to cause people to do this. It's going to cause people to do this. Well, it, it, what we worry about and need to think about is the faithful. The unfaithful is going to find a reason no matter what it is. I would. I always find a reason not to do something I don't want to do. Don't you? In anything that I do. doesn't matter what it is. I can find a reason not to. And if I can't find a reason not to, I'm probably going to ruin it when I do it. Because I don't want to be there and I'm going to make sure nobody else does either. Or I don't want to do it and I want to make sure nobody else wants to. Um, so when we think about worship itself... What, again, what if we couldn't do it? And I know this is hypothetical and you think, well, this is just simple. We shouldn't even think about it. But, but we, I think we need to. I think it helps us to evaluate our Christian life and say, would my life be any different if this was gone? What if I wasn't able or couldn't tell others about Christ? Romans 1, notice what Paul says, Romans 1, 14 through 16. I'm a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise, so as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. 
For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek. I heard a preacher one time uh, talk about what Paul said here, and he said, you know what Paul's saying? He said, I'm deaded. He said, I'm ready to preach it. I'm deaded to preach it, and I'm not ashamed to preach it. He's saying, he, he feels like in his heart he has to, and he knows he has to for what Christ done, and he's ready to. He's not ashamed to do it. We should feel like that, and what would happen if we couldn't do that? What happened if you couldn't tell someone about Jesus? What happened if you couldn't uh, uh, fulfill the great commission uh, of, of what Mark 16, 15 and 16 says? What, what if we couldn't go out into all the world to preach the gospel? Would it affect us at all? I didn't do it anyway. Would it, so it ain't going to affect me much. Well, think about that. There's a lot of ways that we preach the gospel, isn't it? It isn't just by our mouth. It's by our actions and things that we do. So, again, what if I, what if I didn't have any influence on anybody when it comes to the gospel in any way? And I couldn't do that. Would it affect what I do? If our answers to any of these are along the lines, well, it wouldn't make much of a difference. Well, I think we need to look at what our priorities are. I think we need to look at our lives. But I think the better question is, if I served the Lord to the best of my ability, would my life be any different? What if I did serve Him the very best that I could? Would my life be any different? I mean, what if uh, I was able to read and study my Bible as much as I possibly could because I wanted to? What if I was able to sing the very best of my ability and understood it and, and did it the way that God said me, for me to do for the very best of my ability? What if I used my prayer life to the very best of my ability in communicating with God? What if I worship was a priority in my life? What if teaching others were a priority in my life? Would my life be any different then? It absolutely is. These little things, I think, that we take for granted and maybe don't take much stock in, you put all of these together as a whole, that makes up, that makes what makes us complete. That's what makes us perfect. That's what makes us equipped to every good work that we do. All these things together is what brings us as close to God as we possibly can be. So on this side, we can look, what if these things weren't there? How would that affect my life? And on this side, we can look, what if I did all of these things to the very best of my ability? Would, it, would my life be any different? And what would the question be to either one of those? You know, I think we need to look to, what if I did them to the best of my ability? Because I think everybody in this room, we probably do all of these things that we talked about. And they're probably important to, in our lives. But are they as important as they should be? I think maybe that might be the better question uh, for us to ask. And would that change our lives if we did that any different? Any final thoughts, comments? Nothing? You said all you need to say, Mike?